What took place at the Ivan Tours Studios in North Miami, Florida? I'm Richard. And I'm Gary. And these are our incredible stories. Hello and welcome back to all of our listeners from around the world and across the United States. We're happy to have you with us again for some more incredible stories. Now, if you are joining us for the very first time, well, come on in. Sit yourself down, get ready, relax, grab yourself a snack or a drink out of the fridge, complimentary, of course, and join us for some incredible stories. Now, if you happen to like what you hear today, well, guess what? If you come back every Friday, we're going to treat you to some more incredible stories, and I guarantee you, you'll love them just as much as the ones you hear today. So, uh, that being said, go ahead and hit that like and subscri- uh, subscribe button. And if you think somebody else you know might like some uh, incredible stories, well, share it. Don't be stingy. Go ahead and tell everybody about the good news. That being said, let's move into today's move into today's incredible story. I'm <laughs> tripping over my words over here. <laughs> Maybe it's due to the rain that's oh, it uh, could be. coming down in sheets this evening. I don't know if our listeners can hear it or not. But it's raining outside our studios. Yeah, typically when it gets uh, cloudy and rainy, we all feel a little bit. <laughs> uh, this would be a great time for a spooky story, wouldn't it? Uh-huh. Spook- but unfortunately, spooky story or a good nap. Our our story, our incredible story this evening is far from spooky. It's it's really incredible, and we're going to be talking about a man named Ivan Tors, T O R S. I don't think very many people have heard of Ivan Torres. Probably not. But he has uh, made a major contribution to uh, the world of entertainment and film, and so uh, he he needs to be recognized on our Incredible Stories podcast. So let us recognize Ivan Torres. Well, this is a, a man who was born in 1916. That was before you were born, Gary. Little ways. And uh, he um, passed away in 1983. Oh, he lived uh, for a good while. Yeah, eight days before his 67th birthday. And uh, he ended up uh, passing away in Brazil where he had been scouting a new television series. So he was active right up to the moment of his death in the motion picture and television industry. Um, he was born in Hungary, the country of Hungary. Uh, he was a director, a screenwriter, a film and television producer. And, and he uh, emphasized at first nonviolent but exciting science fiction. Then he moved on to some incredible underwater sequences, and we're going to be talking about those, especially the sequences that appeared in a James Bond film. And finally, uh, some of the part that I really love, um, he did a lot of memorable stories involving animals. So Ivan Tors is one of these people we need to recognize here on the Incredible Stories podcast. Oh, Without I think so. Time. He was born to a Jewish family um, in Budapest, Hungary. He wrote several plays there in Hungary before he moved here to the United States. And this was just before World War II. And he came over with his brother, Irvin, uh, in 1939. Um, on a ship called the SS Hansa, and he came to study at Fordham University in New York City. Then, listen to this, Gary. He enlisted in the United States Army Air Corps. Really? Yeah. 
U.S. Army Air Corps, which was kind of an exciting branch of the service to be, you know, uh, in. Not everybody were, uh, was able to get in that. No. My, my dad tried, but uh, uh, he, uh, I guess due to eyesight or something, uh, was not, uh, was rejected. Oh, yeah, that's a big deal when you're uh, yeah, involved yeah, but, with that. Uh, U.S. Army Air Corps, but Ivan Torres made it in. But then listen to this. He transferred to the Office of Strategic Services, OSS. Ooh, interesting. The folks who were involved with espionage, sabotage. We did a, a podcast for a, a another uh, series um, about uh, one of the OSS operatives in Europe. Yeah. And so... Ivan Torres was a part of that group, if you can believe it. That's exciting. Yeah, that, that's a story in and of itself. And after the war, he uh, didn't stay with the OSS, which um, morphed into the CIA. Instead, he um, went out to Hollywood. He ended up working for Metro-Golden-Mayer as a screenwriter. Really? Mm -hmm. And so seven years after the end of World War II, which was 1952, he made his first movie called Storm Over Tibet. Ooh. Mm, yeah, he was the co-writer and producer of that one. Now, he had long been interested in fact-based science fiction. Now, let me, let me stop here for a moment and ask you, how can science fiction be fact-based? Mm. I can answer that question for you because I love science fiction. I also love science and uh, theoretical science and all that kind of stuff. So uh, shows like Star Trek, which is science fiction, do have some basis in fact about certain things that they do and how certain things work. And even some um, science fiction films that deal with uh, really abstract ideas of time travel and black holes and all that kind of stuff that to us sound very far-fetched are based in reality. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of fact, scientific fact in science fiction. It's just things we're not able to bring to fruition at this time. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I think uh, Hollywood brought some science fiction to the screen that later turned out to be something that we actually invented or created and used. Oh, well, you're referring to um, 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah, I mean, that's a good example. Back in the 60s when that film came out, I mean, there was no possibility of having you know, video chats with somebody, that was just kind of an idea. Or cell phones or, you know, any, I, there was a, quite a few things that were in that film that we have now that we take for granted. But during its time, it was like, oh, wow, that's a very interesting concept. I wonder if the future will be like that. Yeah. Now, are we sitting in a space station floating around? No. But what's really interesting, and this is kind of getting off track, is that they are starting to have commercial flights to outer space. Yes. Which was something that was predicted in that film. So that's a good example of uh, science fact in science fiction. So I think uh, you folks who are listening in uh, will uh, draw the conclusion that um, he was interested in some pretty interesting material. Science fiction uh, oh, I think so. does have uh, quite a following and Ivan Torres was one of the people who was interested in science fiction. Uh, he often uh, used underwater settings in his films. He liked doing stuff underwater. Uh, and so in the 1950s, he uh, partnered up with an actor named Richard Carlson, and they created Amen Films. Um, and under the Amen banner, um, 
Ivan Torres wrote and produced The Magnetic Monster in 1953. Now, he repurposed some old footage from a 1934 German film called Gold to make The Magnetic Monster. So that would be an interesting one to see. Oh, I'd be interested to see that one. Um, Then he uh, did Riders to the Stars in 1954, and he did Gog. I think I've heard of Gog. I have definitely heard of Gog. Have you heard of Gog? That was 1954. Uh, both of those were in 1954. And then he created a syndicated television series called Science Fiction Theater. And that was um, uh, active from 1955 to 57 during the earliest days of television. I have definitely heard of Science Fiction Theater. Yeah. Now, uh, I tell you what, though, we move out to the later 1950s and we hear of some uh, work that is far more familiar to us. Uh, He created the underwater action and adventure series called Sea Hunt. Oh, yeah, Sea Hunt. Oh, I've heard of Sea Hunt. Which ran from 58 to 1961 and starred Lloyd Bridges. You remember Sea Hunt? I do. I never saw it. Uh, I've only seen little snippets, and I've uh, heard a lot about it. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, by the 1960s, Ivan Torres uh, moved on from science fiction, and he was concentrating then on making films and television series involving animals. And, of course, now he becomes even more familiar to some of us today. Of um, course. Typically, he'd make a film first, and then he'd develop a television series based on that film. I think that's, uh, that was a winning recipe back then for of course. success. Uh, his animal films included Flipper... Oh, now Flipper is something I watched all the time because they had that uh, as reruns on Nickelodeon when I was growing up. And I always watched, loved Flipper. Flipper. That was one of my favorite shows. Yep, and so it started off with a movie in 1963. And then it was followed in 1964 with Flipper's New Adventure. Yep. Have you ever heard of Zebra in the Kitchen, Gary? No, I've definitely not heard of a Zebra in the Kitchen. That was in 1965. I think we need to check that one out. Uh, here's one I think you've heard about, Clarence the Cross-Eyed Lion, 1965. No, I no. definitely have not heard of Clarence, Clarence the, Cross-Eyed the Cross-Eyed Lion. Lion. Another one we're going to have to check out. Gentle Giant in 67 and uh, Africa, Texas style in 1967. So he was uh, well on his way to doing animal-themed mo- uh, movies and, and television adventure series. And eventually... His uh, adventure series included Flipper, which we've talked about and raved about. Doctari, you've heard of Doctari? No, what's Doctari? Okay, that's a wild uh, animal um, show, and we're going to be talking a little bit more about Doctari here in this uh, podcast. Uh, Gentle Ben. I've heard of Gentle Ben. Yeah, he's pretty famous. Cowboy in Africa and Jambo, and that was a documentary series set in Africa. And he was uh, the executive producer of MGM TV's uh, 1967 TV series, Off to See the Wizard, for ABC. Oh. Uh So he had his own production company, Ivan Torres Films, and here is where he really hit the um, mega film of of the era. He did the underwater filming for the James Bond film Thunderball. Oh, love Thunderball. Yeah, that was a good you movie. You remember that under those underwater sequences? Absolutely. With all that music pounding away and everything. Yep. Excitement plus. Thunderball. And then he filmed his own Around the World Under the Sea for MGM. 
He uh, did the Daring Game and Hello Down There for Paramount. And he filmed Soupy Sales' first film called Birds Do It. <laughs> and that sounds pretty, uh, pretty funny. Now, our friend and colleague Barry Anderson, who we've been featuring in uh, several of our podcasts, um, he, um, as, as we've mentioned in an earlier podcast, uh, was able to get a, um, a background actor role throughout the first season of the iconic TV show Miami Vice. Yes, he did. And one of the thrills that he mentioned to us about working on this Miami Vice show wasn't the fact that he was involved with this incredible TV series, but no. the fact that it was being filmed at Ivan Torres Studios, where Flipper and Doc Tari had been yeah. made. And but that, it's true, though. It's very exciting because it is a part of Florida's film history. Yeah. And that's really yeah. exciting. And, I mean, Flipper, that, that's an incredible um, animal, uh, uh, you know, in, in entertainment. And Doc Tari, oh, we'll, we'll talk more about that. So, but uh, Flipper was the one that really uh, got Barry Anderson excited to be on the same uh, soundstage and sets there in North Miami, Florida, as, as Flipper uh, had been. Now, we also have a good friend named Bob Weatherwax, the owner and trainer of Lassie. Absolutely. And he mentioned to me when I was talking to him about this podcast that we're doing this evening, he told me that um, the wild animal trainer for Doc Tari lived um, and had his ranch just up the canyon road from where Bob and his father had the Lassie Ranch. Really? Yeah. So what a small world. Oh, yeah. You're not kidding. Two of our friends, Barry Anderson and Bob Weatherwax, are connected to the uh, Ivan Torres story. Isn't that something? Yes, it is. And, And so... Uh, the fellow's name was Ron Oxley. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Ron because nobody except Bob Weatherwax and you and I have heard about Ron Oxley. That's true. Uh, he was born in Colorado and he ra- he was raised in Burbank, Burbank, California. And you and I have been in Burbank. That's a great place. I love yeah, Burbank. Yeah, I like Burbank. Uh, he trained a black bear named Bruno, who was the original Gentle Ben. And dozens of lions and tigers and cougars and leopards and bears and wolves. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine training all of these wild animals? Uh, Ron Oxley's animals worked in television motion pictures, including uh, the new version of Cat People. Now, we're going to be doing um, a podcast about the Cat People movies. We are. Uh, back from the uh, 40s. I think it was 40s or 30s. Uh, but Cat People had a revision, I think, in 1982. That's the one that Ron Oxley worked on, not the ones that we'll be talking about later on in a podcast. Yeah. So anyways, he does have a connection with Cat People, Lady Hawk, Continental Divide. You've heard of this one, Escape to Witch Mountain. Oh, I love Escape from Witch, uh, to Witch Mountain. That's a good movie. Well, Ron Oxley trained the animals for that. And Adventures of the Wilderness Family. Oh. Yeah. And so Ron Oxley trained the wild animals for that. Now, Ron never married, and he passed away at a horribly young age. He was only 46 years old when he died in his sleep in 1985, the end of 1985. Uh, His parents and his two sisters were with him at the time. Uh, And I believe his son went on to take care of the animals at his ranch. Mm. So... Uh, Ron Oxley is somebody that we'd like our listeners to be aware of. His connection with Doc Tari, which was filmed at the Ivan Torres Studios in North Miami, Florida. I assume that Ron must have trained the animals out there in Southern California. 
I would imagine. And they had a second unit filming that stuff, and then their principal photography was being done there at Ivan Torres in North yeah. Miami. A lot of times, movies do it that way. You know, uh, some of the f- film is shot in one place, some in another. So that's what I assume. I don't know for sure. I mentioned uh, he uh, worked for um, in The Cat People in 1982, uh, but I think you'll also find it interesting that he was the bear trainer for a TV series called The Waltons. I have definitely watched The Waltons. Oh, yeah. That's Mom was a huge TV. fan oh, of The Waltons. That certainly was an iconic TV show. One of my favorite shows coming up as a kid was Gunsmoke. And in 1968, I wasn't a kid at that point, but he um, trained a, a wolf in a, a TV episode uh, called um, uh, called Day of the Wolf there on, uh, no, not Day of the Wolf. It was called Lobo on Gunsmoke. Oh, yeah, Gunsmoke was one of my. F- yeah, you know you. I know you love Marshall Gunsmoke. Matt Dillon. Um, now, Bob Weatherwax knew of Ron Oxley not only as a neighbor, but um, in 1968, uh, Ron was the wolf trainer in Day of the Wolf on Lassie. Really? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and then the Tarzan TV show. Uh, he trained the animals there. Uh, Munster Go Home, The Adams Family, and here's one. <clears throat> that I think you're going to really, really like. In 1966, Ron Oxley was the tiger trainer for two episodes of Batman. Oh. Uh, the episodes were called Better Luck Next Time and The Perfect Crime. He was the tiger trainer for both of those Batman TV shows. I am a huge fan of the 60s uh, Batman <laughs> TV show. It was um, one of the <clears throat> the greats of pop culture. Yeah. And I, it didn't have very many seasons, but uh, it's part of a, a cult following, that's for sure. So our, our hat is off. Uh, tip of the hat this evening to Ron uh, Oxley. It's a shame that he did not enjoy um, a lengthier lifespan here Too on true. this planet. But uh, while he was here, he contributed to uh, immense entertainment throughout the world that he did now another um person that's connected with the ivan tours studios is a fellow named rico browning and he's somebody that barry anderson brought to our attention um rico uh, is a florida native he's still alive by the way oh is he mm-hmm. and uh, barry has indicated that uh, he's trying to contact rico browning to see if he would be up to doing a podcast with us. Oh. An incredible story. So that'd be fun. Creep your keep your fingers. Don't creep your fingers. <laughs> save, let me let me creep my that, fingers too. Yeah, save that for a scary story episode. Keep your fingers crossed that we get to talk to Rico Browning. Uh, he's a major uh, he was a director, writer, actor, underwater stunt coordinator, and a big deal here in the Florida film industry. Now, he, his iconic performance was in a movie that scared the dickens out of me when I was a small kid. Oh, what was it? He played the gill man in Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, oh. I love Creature from the Black Lagoon. I know I I'm saying that a lot about some of the, I didn't. Oh, I like it. <laughs> I didn't. Scared me out of my wits. Yeah, well, I mean, it is, to me, it is a very iconic design for a creature, mm-hmm. and it is creepy, 
and uh, very of the time. And for me, it is uh, a movie that was well filmed, and a lot of it was filmed over here, I think, in Blue Springs. Yes. In Florida. And I remember going out there with... Uh, Silver Springs. Silver Springs, that's it. Uh, Silver Springs. We went out to Silver Springs with my... Uh, photo class when I was in college and we looked at all of the different stuff, the cameras that were used to film underwater, some of the uh, things that they had from the movie. But it's it's a wonderful uh, film and some of the ways that they chose to film certain things. Like one thing that stood out to me from the movie is when um, one of the characters, the uh, the woman, she goes into the water and she's swimming and the photographer is shooting from below. And you see her swimming, and she has no idea. And then you see the creature who is swimming just below her. And he rolls over to where he's looking up at her, but she can't see him under the water. And he's following her. And you as the viewer are aware of the presence of this creature. But you know that the woman who's swimming in the water has no idea what's lurking beneath the dark, murky waters. It's great. Well, okay, I'll take your word for it. Um, but uh, when I was about nine years old and saw that film, you know, I don't think I've seen it since. Really? I think we should <laughs> uh, revisit that one. Yeah, in the daylight. So anyway, yeah. so <laughs> Rico... I don't think it's going to be that scary now. <laughs> Rico Browning, uh, he was the Gill Man. Like I say, I've got my fingers crossed. Uh, folks, if we get him, you're going to be hearing him right here on Richard and Gary's Incredible Story. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then he was also in Revenge of the Creature in 1955 and The Creature Walks Among Us in 1956. I think that one was filmed at Marineland. One of them was filmed at Marineland. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he had a great deal of talent also in underwater motion picture photography, not just as an actor of these uh, monster films. Uh, so Ivan Torres, uh, you know, spotted him and uh, recognized his talent industry uh, instantly. And so he recruited Rico Browning to work on Sea Hunt, the show we talked about. Oh, what did he do on Sea Hunt? Um, you know, that was a popular TV series uh, that was the first to feature underwater adventures. So I think uh, probably he did a lot of the motion picture photography for that. Oh. Uh. Now, at, while at Silver Springs that you mentioned, uh, Rico Browning got the idea for Flipper. So he's actually the one who gave Ivan Torres the idea for Flipper. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And uh, he and a, a fellow named Jack Cowden wrote a book about a boy and a Florida dolphin. And the book was never published, but Ivan Torres made the story into a movie. Oh, uh, the movie. And the movie, again, was so successful that they launched Flipper, one of television's most popular shows. Ivan Torres was great at making a movie and then turning it into a TV series. He... He had a knack for that. He really had a knack for that. So um, once uh, Rico Browning began working in film, he never stopped. He directed some of the most daring underwater scenes ever filmed, and those are the ones we were talking about a few minutes ago, the Thunderball special effects, by the way, which won an Academy Award for special visual effects. And he directed underwater scenes for, I think this was a Chevy Chase movie, Caddyshack in 1980. Yeah, Caddyshack. Yeah. Rico Browning directed those underwater scenes. And he coordinated the Marine stunts in an episode of Boardwalk Empire back in 2010. And, uh, you know, he's, he's up there in years. So I think that's uh, among the last of his credits. 
about 12 years ago or so. But um, he's still alive, and like I say, uh, I'm hoping that we will hear from him and uh, uh, tell his story, have him tell his story rather than us. Oh, I think that would be fantastic. Oh, I would love that. I'm getting excited. I hope that happens. <laughs> yeah, me too. Fingers are crossed, right? Yes, we actually hear from the actual creature. Yeah, the gill man from the creature man. From Black Lagoon. So anyhow, uh, back to uh, our original subject, Ivan Torres. As you can see, um, he knew talent when he saw it. He uh, was involved with Ron Oxley, the best wild animal trainer probably that ever lived. He was involved with Rico Browning, who was one of the tops in underwater uh, photography, winning, you know, awards for the James Bond film. And uh, Ivan Torres knew how to turn a, a movie into a book. He, in other words, he knew an incredible story when he saw one. Well, that's the talent of, uh, of real filmmakers is to be able to recognize the story and then create something entertaining that people are going to want to watch. Now, Ivan Torres, as I mentioned, uh, passed away in 1983. Uh, and between uh, then and 1984, when Miami Vice started filming at the Ivan Torres Studios there in North Miami, it had changed names, and it's now known as the Greenwich Studios. Greenwich Studios. Yeah. Yeah, but you can still go there and see it. It still exists, and uh, only it's the Greenwich the uh, Studios, but... I can understand why Barry Anderson just got chill bumps oh, of course. on those sets and in that studio. Absolutely. I can understand that, too. Yeah. And, of course, uh, kudos to Barry Anderson for having been involved in one of the most iconic TV shows ever made, in my mind, uh, Miami Vice. Oh, yeah. No, that is definitely a classic. That, that really set the tone for the 80s. Mm -hmm. So, Gary, I think that uh, wraps up our little um, um, Hollywood experience for the evening. The rain has stopped. Yes, it and is. And so I'm going to ask our listeners to uh, have a great rest of the evening and hope you enjoyed this incredible story. Absolutely. And until next time. I'm Richard. And I'm Gary. And this was another incredible story. If you liked what you heard, remember, hit that subscribe button and every Friday you'll get our latest episode. See you next time.